0: This is episode 123 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Kami Gilner. Women are being called to lead with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each week, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, my Extraordinary Women friends. Curiosity, collaboration, and creativity are the cornerstones of coaching for Janet Watson. She has been consulting and coaching with executives at the world's most recognized brands for the past 20 years, including AT&T, Bank of America, Apple, Kaiser Permanente, Mozilla, the Federal Reserve, UC Berkeley, and Stanford Health. She is most excited about coaching and elevating women in the U.S. and Canada to secure their positions in the boardroom, so as to make a difference at the top. Passionate about education, Janet is also currently the senior faculty advisor at Berkeley Haas School of Business where she coaches on what she has developed as facility teaching. Today we dig into mindset, exploring mindset practices and mindset preparation for those most important conversations in our life. Janet's early work in mindset started as she initially coached ice skaters. Today, she shares her work in colleges and corporations around the world. Let's meet leadership and communication strategist, Janet Watson. Well, welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio, Janet. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Cammie. Oh, you bet. And it was so great to meet you last month while you were traveling through Denver to work with one of your clients. It was great to be able to meet face to face. You know, that was,
1: I have to say, just such a lovely meeting you took a chance on meeting someone you'd never met before. we had only communicated by email and I love the connection that we have on so many fronts. Yeah, I, th- I think we were really, really aligned
0: and I'm excited to get into this conversation today and I know we're going to spend a lot of our time really looking at mindset and I know this is part of what mindset is something that you have developed your practices around and for, for your communication strategy, for your confidence coaching, for all the work that you're helping your clients with. But I really want to start with your story. And you were a professional figure skater. And what a great place to learn about mindset. And what, what did you learn about mindset as a professional figure skater? Let's just start there.
1: Okay. That's a great place to start because I learned how important it is And without it, not much happens as with any athlete, whether you're a striving athlete or a professional athlete, there is that incredible mindset piece that really lays out in front of you a roadmap for what will happen next. And I watched other skaters when I was skating and some of them would take the ice, which is what we call, you know, you take the ice, which means you own it, you step onto it, it is yours. And they had this ability to just make things happen. And I'd try that same thing and I'd step on the ice and I'd do my program and I didn't have the confidence and things wouldn't happen. And I kept reflecting on this piece saying, I wonder what's going on in their head that they're doing this extremely well and I'm not. So I did become a coach and things worked out really well in my coaching practice. And at that point, a coach for figure skating I then realized, oh, there's this whole mindset piece that people are practicing, and no one had really told me about it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how do you do the mental preparation so that when you do step on the ice, you truly own it. You have a connection with the audience. You feel every emotion in that space. And you've visualized the outcome so that when you step off the ice, you go, wow, I just nailed that. Yeah. So that's where it started to develop.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I can go back to my teenage years, and I, I showed horses as a, as a teenager and into my early 20s and then later on in life as well. But there, there was something certain, certainly important about the world of Mindset when we would take the, go and walk, go into the ring, when we'd ride into the ring, we'd have to really be in the space of not letting our head games get in the way. And what did you learn as you were working with all those, those, those figure skaters, how did you learn to convey mindset to them?
1: It was a practice of thinking ahead, preparing ahead and visualizing or just a, just a basic strategy of, okay, when I take the ice, first I skate out, I, I feel, feel the ice, I feel where I am in that moment in time. I land, I wait for my music, and then I transport myself to another world so that my body and all that muscle memory takes over that I've practiced and I've practiced and I've practiced. I know I can do this and visualize leaving the ice as well. And part of that comes from knowing the outcome or the objective, the goal that I have set For myself or for the skater, which is doing your best, accomplishing everything that you've trained really hard for, as well as asking yourself the right questions. And that's a very important part of this, as well as not only with competitive athletes and professional athletes, but also when you take this into the C suite, is when you have a very high stakes situation that you're preparing for, what are the questions you ask yourself before you walk in? And if it's something along the lines of, am I prepared? Your brain will usually go to the dark side first. We're hardwired to do that and go, no, I should have done this and this and this. Instead of asking yourself, what's the gift I get to share today? What's the opportunity to learn from this? How do I make an impact? Those are better questions than am I prepared? Am I ready? All those those usually tend to take us somewhere where we don't want to go asking yourself the right questions. So for a skater, it might be, How many times have I practiced this jump? And what's the gift I get to share on the ice today?
0: It and what I love.
1: Yeah, and what my I love about that is ability.
0: Is, it's expansive, right? I mean those questions are very expansive and am I ready is is you can feel your energy get smaller.
1: Oh completely. And you usually our amygdala's are set up to just Go to the, to the negative. No, I'm not ready. No, I should have practiced more. No, I should have practiced my presentation more instead of, wow, how can I change this organization? What is it? What does my experience tell me about I should be leading this conversation? And then actually answer those questions. And I'm a big believer. We talked about this when we met. I'm a big believer in that auditory process of saying it out loud so that you then hear it. It goes back in and it lands in your heart. It lands internally you go, oh, oh okay, that's the impact I bring. So I'm a, I'm a proponent of asking the question and answering it out loud. I'll be actually putting it out loud. I like that. I like that a lot.
0: So you went from um, being a professional figure or training professional figure skaters to really um, becoming a professor.
1: There was a leap in there. That was a leap, right? Uh (laughs) How'd that happen? (laughs) There were a few things that did uh, transpire in there before becoming a professor. I ended up undergrad coaching figure skating for quite a while. Then I was asked to be a corporate spokesperson for a few different corporations where I was the one in front of the the audience or the camera, or the media on a consistent basis and learning everything and speaking because the, 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 the C-suite did not want to speak. They just hired me to speak for them, which was lovely. Learned a lot. Learned how to really think on my feet and was thrown to the media wolves and survived and had a lot <laughs> of training, which was wonderful. And um, some professors at different universities I knew already from my work And they said, hey, you know, you've had such this interesting path. There's no real clear path here. Would you come talk to our classes about just different career opportunities and being able to say yes to different things that you may not think you're worthy of, but you've said yes, and it's worked. So I said, well, sure, yes, I'll do that. So I did, and then one of them said, wow, you've got a great story. You're organized. I think you've got a lot to teach. Would you create a class in media relations? And so I did, and I taught that for eight years which was really, really fun and loved it. And it ended up being, uh, I got the permission to turn the class into a communications firm so that the students had the reality and the experiential learning of walking into uh, what I would call a firm instead of the classroom. And we'd have our meetings, we'd have the speakers, we'd have everybody check in. Then I'd send them into the field to work with nonprofits in our local community and then come back and we'd all figure out solutions to their communication issues. And it was fabulous. I absolutely loved it, had such a passion for it.
0: And then what happened there? Because there was a very pivotal, pivotal, <laughs> pivotal, I can't say that word today. Um, yes. You know what I mean? There was a pivotal. moment where you decided things needed to shift.
1: Yeah. You know, that. that's a good word. Pivotal. It really was. I was commuting up to my teaching engagements, quite a ways and one day i'm driving up there just zipping along having this wonderful thought process of how the class is going to run what i'm going to do what what do we want to involve ourselves in today and i was awash with this feeling of wow you have landed in where you should be which is teaching and i never really felt that way about any of the other careers that i had dabbled into but that landing of going, oh my gosh, I feel so good and so passion, passionate about and so uh, perfectly suited for this teaching world that I don't need to really, uh, maybe it's not even struggle or search, it's just, I don't need to kind of look around anymore, this is it. And I got up to school, I parked, I had a good cry because it really truly was a a moment of realization of, oh my gosh, I just landed where I've taken data. I, I kind of, I thought about this the other day. Of It's like a weather tracker that you send into those little weather balloons. They send into storms and you gather information <laughs> and you come back. And that's how I had gone into my jobs. I was going out, gathering information, getting all this data, coming back and going, oh, okay, this works, this doesn't work. I like this. I'll keep this. I'll discard this. And I felt like that was a weather balloon that came back and went, you got this. You don't need to search out. You don't need to send out any more weather tracker balloons anymore because this one just landed and now you are grounded in this wonderful world of teaching, sharing your knowledge, sharing your experience, and really seeing the impact it has on other people. And it was a pivotal moment, as you call it.
0: That's awesome. Awesome. And, and you have taken your teaching work more into the corporate side now.
1: Yes. And so a little bit of it carries over from the mindset work from competitive sports and just how athletes prepare is what I'm saying, corporate um, spokespeople or CEOs, anybody in the C-suite, anybody that's even below the C-suite management, directors that have to do something that's really meaningful or even almost scary to them. And how do you prepare for that? That mindset piece is basically the scaffolding that you build on. So how do I prepare first the mindset piece? And then back to what we talked about earlier a little bit about the questions you ask yourself, but there's many, many more layers to that as well. Your focus, where you put your focus, what your beliefs are. Do I believe in myself that I can do this? And then your physiology. Am I truly in the best shape mental physically that I can be in when I go into this high stakes situation. So there's many many things that fall into that mindset piece and then the corporations that I do work with now are the organizations and nonprofits it's truly about what do they want to accomplish here what's their objectives and goals and how do we work specifically to attain those.
0: And when you talk about mindset what, and just define it, because we're talking a lot about mindset here, but I, I want to really be clear on, on your definition of mindset.
1: My definition of mindset is the thoughts, inclinations that you have that lead to a particular attitude. So you can choose that attitude every day when you wake up, mm-hmm. and you can choose your mindset. Right. Sometimes I'm in the perfect mood to really create this, ambulous mindset that I've got this. I can do anything. I'm a badass. I'm going to rock the world. And other days, sometimes I'm just not feeling it. And then I have to work a little harder to really set myself in that um, space. And there are many ways to do this. There's one that I love. This is something that anyone can use. And again, I promote people asking the question out loud. And answering it. So, say I'm going to set up an example. Say I have this really important meeting I'm walking into with uh, founders of, uh, which is going to happen to me here pretty soon, 30 founders of different companies. And how am I going to show up? So, I would sit out in my car or maybe if I have some space outside and I would ask myself these three questions What brings me joy and not happiness? Joy. It's a Completely different word. What's Let's the difference? To joy.
0: What's the difference between joy and happiness?
1: Happy, I can be without a lot of depth. So mm-hmm. I'm happy right now. I'm happy talking to you. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm happy sitting down, having this lovely morning with, with Cami. Right. Joy is something that is much more internally felt. So joy for me would be being outside in nature, hiking with my family. Right. Much more of a descriptor and a grounder for me. Mm -hmm. Does that, does that resonate with you? It does. It's it's like there's a
0: deeper, there's a deeper connection that, that you're in and it's, it's hitting that very soul of you. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: So that would be the first question I'd ask. What brings me joy? And then I would answer it out loud so that I hear myself say, Oh, wow, this stuff really brings me joy. I'd let that settle. Second one would be, When did I have power, what I like to call, or influence, I like the word influence better, over others? Then I would answer. And for me, it's really when I was coaching figure skating. Mm -hmm. And I had influence over the students because they're looking up to you, you're demonstrating things, and they're learning from you. That's a huge impact, right? That has huge impact. Mm -hmm. So I would answer that question. I'd let it settle. And you can see where this is going. Now I'm becoming... Uh, uh, surrounded by goodness and wholeness and creativity and uh, the resources that I already have within me. I'm not going externally and asking myself, am I prepared? I'm going internally to, to what makes me feel good. And the last one I would ask is what do I want my legacy to be? What do I want people to remember me for? And I would answer it out loud. So now I am in this fabulous, mindset. Mm. I feel really good. I know it brings me joy. I know when I've had influence over other people and I get to go in in the best mental and physiological shape ever to this high stakes meeting and feel really good about myself. And that comes through when you're speaking and when you're interacting with people that you feel good and that's contagious. People absolutely. feel that, and they're like, wow, I want some of that. She's passionate about her topic, her knowledge, her experience. I want some of that. Yes, you're
0: embodying so that. It's, it's It's beyond just the mindset piece. It's really you're embodying that that presence, that whole presence of of the energy that you've invited in.
1: Absolutely. You know that exchange of energy is so important, but and it is contagious. So if I slump on in with my head down and not really happy about myself and not making eye contact, people are not going to connect with me. And I'm not having meaningful connections just with being present, fully present and welcoming people and getting to know them. They're going to pick up on every physiological sign of mine, as well as the nonverbal, the verbal whether I'm uh, egoless, which I highly recommend is coming in egoless and just saying, hey, this isn't about me. But but I'm putting my focus, again, back to that, that part of that mindset piece is the focus. The focus isn't on me anymore. The focus is on my audience. Right. And I'm taking the pressure off myself and saying, I am so excited to learn about you and what we can do together, what we can collaborate on. So it takes all that maybe it's nervous energy, I call it excitement, I call it enlightened tension, it brings, I have this enlightened tension, because I don't know what's going to happen, right, and Mm -hmm. so I come in going, okay, I'm excited, I'm maybe a little nervous, they reside in the same sphere, and I get to learn about my audience, it isn't about me anymore, it's about them. Right.
0: Right, yeah, and I think that, I mean, I, I, think about going onto the stage, just because I've been speaking so much recently. And I think those are some of the same types of things that I like to do before I walk in to go speak somewhere, because it's, it's starting to shift this, this, this is about the people sitting in that room and making that connection with them, and what they might do with with what they're learning and and, and as they take it out and, you know, impact the people they're wanting to reach. So it becomes this Mm -hmm. ripple effect. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the beauty of of shifting it over to it's, this isn't about me taking the stage. This is about the people sitting in the room. And um, Mm I also love these questions that you've, you've shared these, the mindset preparation is like, how do we think expansively about these gifts of who we are, as we step out into the room, and that we're going to be sharing that. Um, So I think that's really just such beautiful approaches to this.
1: And Cammy, can you share then you just said what you did before you take the stage? Do you have a mantra or questions you ask yourself? How do you prep?
0: Um, I prep really very much into thinking about how is it going to make an impact for the people sitting in the room. And I think mm-hmm. that was that was mm-hmm. a big shift for me because when I, I initially started speaking years ago, I was terrified of, of the stage. And mm-hmm. um, I had to, and, and the switch for me was when someone said to me, it's not about you, it's about them. And I was like, Oh, and I want to make, I want to make a difference for people. I want to make an impact. And I'm like, okay, that shifted everything for me. And so, um, I love the stage today and it's, um, it's, it's just, Uh, you know, it's just such a great way to, to share your message and to help people go do what they're meant to do. And I think that's what's really exciting is, is when I can, I can wrap myself around, um, That, that element. And then the other piece of it for me is I, I'm very much, um, I, I love somatic work. I love, you make, you know, just Mm -hmm. really tapping Mm -hmm. into that core of me. I went through, um, Rachel Jane Gruber's Art of Feminine Presence work. I'm actually, Mm -hmm. I, I, I am a certified teacher of that work. And, that's just literally dropping into our womb space, dropping into that mm-hmm. daunting end, if you will. Um, you know, it's that, that core of who we are. And it means being in our body and getting mm-hmm. out of the, the noisiness that can be in our head. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. the questions that you pose here really are dropping us into that heart of who we are and those gifts that want to come from us. And um, I think that's, that's, you know, you're setting that up in such a beautiful way.
1: I'd love to expand on one thing you just said there, which was that core where things land in your core. Mm-hmm. That's why I encourage people when they're doing these prep and they're asking themselves these questions out loud to answer them, not just throw the question out and think about it, answer it loud, loud because it does go inside and it lands in your core and your heart. And then you're like, Oh, I got this. Yeah. That feels so good. And it goes back to that leading leading with an open heart, I think is extremely important too, and learning with an open mind. Mm-hmm. So that leading with an open heart can only happen when you've, you, you are fully present and you're so grounded in what you want to talk about and what you get to give as your gift. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And I think one the other piece that, that comes to mind is I think that can work really beautifully with these questions, saying them out loud is to actually get into motion and move, go on a walk. I, and mm-hmm. this, that's something else that I like to do before I go speak is to just get out and move, go walk. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. if you're out walking and you're asking yourself these questions and you're um, saying your answers out loud um, while you're walking, I think is what you're doing is, it's is like you're prepping everything in your body, every cell in your body to really let all of this come forth that, that, that fire, that inner fire. in you let it, that light
1: shine, absolutely, absolutely. And you know the the feeling that you get, it is a practice like everything, but the feeling that you get once you do this once or twice, you will you will always do it because you realize the benefit is so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't go and float above that meeting. I've had clients say they go into these meetings and they float. And they they leave their bodies and they go up and they watch the meeting from above instead of being fully grounded and present. And once you do that, you don't you don't leave the room anymore. You're really present and grounded and fully engaged. And of course, that's what we want with any dialogue that we have.
0: Right. And when you're talking about um, and I think this is kind of this is what you're this is leading into this, but it's what mindset has to do with communication Is that you're, you know, you're saying here that you're fully involved, you're fully engaged. Is there there any other piece to this that you want to make sure that you highlight the connection between mindset and communication?
1: Well, I think back to the point of the questions we ask ourselves Mm -hmm. and determine the outcome. So be careful what questions you ask yourself and set yourself up with very empowering beliefs instead of a limiting belief. As you okay. had said, like, am I ready? Right. That's a, no, I'm not ready. So then it then it comes back to an empowering belief and also having the faith of knowing you can do this and asking yourself, you know, why not me? Mm-hmm. Why not me? Mm-hmm. And answering that. Right. Why not me? I can do this just like the per- that person, that person. Why not me? So asking yourself those really important questions. It's similar to preparing for any sporting event. You know, you you know all these athletes. No matter at what age or degree of competitive level they're at, they are preparing mentally. It's the exact same thing to carry over into your high stakes communications. So you just don't walk into a meeting hoping for the best. It's how you've thought through and prepared your mental choices going forwards of I get to share a gift today of my experience, my knowledge, where I've been, what I've done, how I've done this before, and the impact that will have. Okay. The impact is going to be uh, incredible. They're going to learn this and listen, and this. So I've spoken those things out loud that guides me when I'm actually in the meeting.
0: Right. And I think that also connects us to that inner Knowing that we each have that inner in, intuition, if you will that 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 strength of who we are at our very in, inside, and um, I think that's what people connect to right people I always say people connect mm-hmm. to our souls, mm-hmm. not our faces, and it's yeah. when, when we are connected to our soul to start with um, as we walk into that into that room. Um, it's easier for them to connect to that soul of who we are as well, because
1: we're already there w- with ourselves. You know, that's so funny, Cami. I think that's exactly how I felt when I first met you. So when we connected and sat down and talked, I was like, wow, she's so present. She's here. And I feel incredibly comfortable. And it's that knowledge of walking in with, I had no idea who you were or what you're doing or what's going on for you in that day. Yet at the same time, there was a wonderful openness that we shared that interactivity with, that engagement with, and that's what you want in any meeting.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's so cool. That's so cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. So where can people learn more about you and your work, Janet?
1: I have a website that's probably the easiest to go to and look at and see my clients, see what I do, which is www. Got Watson, W-A-T-S-O-N-A-N-D-A-S-S-O-C dot com. Couldn't get the whole associates in there, just got the uh, A-S-S-O-C dot com. And, uh, read a little bit about me there, also on LinkedIn under Janet Watson, and, uh, thoroughly enjoy meeting, talking, answering questions for people. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with you. Awesome. Awesome. And the final question we
0: always close with is, what three pearls of wisdom would you like to leave with our li- listeners today? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, three. If I have to condense it to three, I'd have to say, <laughs> practice practice saying yes and mm-hmm. over yes but. Mm-hmm. I like that one. And this, comes, this comes from the improv world. And it's a wonderful technique to use in any communication because it will open a myriad of doors for you saying, yes, and I can also provide blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. over, yes, but I have some reservation, mm-hmm. a completely different way to talk. So practice, it is a practice, yes, and. Expansive. And I again. think also one, yes, again, expansive. And then one thing that uh, we didn't talk about, so I'll put, put it in the pearls of wisdom is generosity. That generosity of, the, of spirit. When you uh, give, it begets giving. And I think that's a nice way to go through the world in general, which is being generous with your knowledge, being generous with your experience, being generous to people that uh, maybe would benefit from just a 10 minute, 15 minute talk with you. Bringing that generosity of spirit into everything you do, I think is key. And then my my last one, I think I said earlier, which is, um, well, actually, I've got four. Lead lead with an open heart and learn with an open mind. Mm-hmm. I know that's easy to say, but if you really practice, I mean, I sometimes I'll walk out the door and go, where is my heart? And is it open? And I can almost physically feel that leading with an open heart. It makes me more receptive to all the wonderful things that are coming my way. And also that learning with an open mind, there's plenty of things that I want to shut down or not want to learn about. Then I go. You know what? It's going to benefit me if I just open my mind just a little bit more. Mm. My last one, my fourth one. If you'll let me add a fourth yes, one, and this absolutely. is a really, this is a wonderful acronym which I used in my teaching for the students to remember this when they're walking into a, a, a serious situation or maybe something that they're fearful of, which was V U E. The V stands for all of your communication is verbal, yet it's nonverbal as well, meaning all that physiology we just talked about, how you, your posture, your eyes, your voice, everything is wrapped up into nonverbal cues. That's the V. The U is using enlightened tension to your benefit, meaning, wow, I've got some nerves, I've got some excitement, it's all wrapped together. At the same time, I'm going to use that yes. as... Projecting my engagement, projecting Mm -hmm. that I am excited to be here and passionate, not nervous and scared. Mm -hmm. And then the E is is back to remaining egoless. This isn't about me. It's about everybody else. It's about my audience. It's about what can I, what kind of impact will I have? What do I get back to? What do I get to share with them? So So I love that. It's
0: not about you. It's about everyone else. Mm hmm. Very
1: good. Very good. So you do have to go into these situations egoless. Yes, all of our egos are healthy, and we know who we are. Yet at the same time, when you're in one of these situations, it's truly about the people you're working with, conversing conversing with, the people you're presenting to, to as you said, and um, the people that you're facilitating a conversation with. So it's really about them. That's remaining egoless. Hmm. That's so good, so good. Well, this has been such a pleasure, Janet, and
0: I, I, I honor all the work that you're putting out into the world and your wisdom that you're sharing with with us today. And thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, Cami, and hope to see you when I'm in Denver next. Sounds awesome. Talk soon.
0: <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did. Please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you ready to raise up your voice, your visibility, and your business? I invite you to visit me at CamiGelner.com to find out how you can make heartfelt connections to mindful strategies to ignite an abundant flow of cash and clients into your business. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter. Tell next time, my friend. Listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.